0: Welcome to Minding the Truth with Ray Sturdivant. Thanks for joining us today as we continue wrapping up our series on The End Times Prophecies. Here's
1: Ray. Hi, I'm Ray Sturdivant. We're studying end times, and I'm here today with my good friends John Lay and Danny Jacobs. Welcome, fellas. <laughs> Thank you, Ray. Thank you. Hey, I wanted to pick up with Ishmael and Esau and some of the prophecies, actually just two, one about Ishmael and one about Esau, about the kind of people they were going to be. The first one we find in Genesis 16:12, and it is God talking to Ishmael's mother, Hagar. And it's describing who Ishmael will be. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him. And he will live to the east of his brothers. It's very interesting. Ishmael is going to be a violent man. He's going to be in conflict with everyone around him, and he's going to live to the east of his brothers. That means uh, the Jews. So all of the Arabs that are descendants of Ishmael live to the east of Israel. Go to the west, you're underwater. You're in the Mediterranean Sea. So let's look at Genesis twenty-seven thirty-nine, which is Isaac prophesying about his son Esau. Then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, Behold, away from the fertility of the earth shall be your dwelling, and away from the dew of heaven and from above. By your sword you shall live, and your brother you shall serve. But it shall come about when you become restless that you will break his yoke from your neck. So Esau as well as Ishmael are going to be violent. Esau is going to live by the sword, and he's going to be in conflict with his brother Uh, just like Ishmael, and this has played out throughout history. And even Muhammad claimed to be a direct descendant of Ishmael. (laughs) And, you know, there are passages in Hadith that are, you know, the writings of Muhammad where he claimed to be a direct descendant of Ishmael. And it's very fascinating that this birthright issue, this strife between brothers, All of this conflict that we've studied has played out all throughout history, and it kind of uh, reaches a pinnacle when Muhammad comes on the scene, claims to be a descendant of Ishmael, direct descendant, and legitimizes this strife into a religion called Islam. And it is uh, Muhammad that unifies a very disjointed, dysfunctioning, I don't know if dysfunctioning is the right word, but very tribal region where Arab was in conflict with Arab, very tribal. Allegiances were made over tribes. There was no unified nation, and Muhammad comes on the scene and unifies uh, Arabs into the religion of Islam. It's a uh, pretty opportune time. And right before Muhammad comes onto the scene, the Romans empowered the Lachmedes to develop a language. There was not even a unifying language among Arabs, and the Lacmedes developed the beginnings of modern-day Arabic to give a common language to the Arabs. And the Romans did it for the motivation of control, mm. but it ended up working out in uh, in the Arabs' favor in a sense of them unifying as a great nation, which, by the way... God predicted because Ishmael and Esau were both descendants, uh, Ishmael being a direct descendant of Abraham and Esau being one generation away, God predicted that all of the descendants of Abraham would be a great nation. So does the Bible give us then any kind of uh, credence to maybe some of
2: Muhammad's claims that he could
1: actually be a direct descendant of Esau or Ishmael? Uh, I, there's no direct uh, comments, you know, biblically, but right. I can certainly make the leap that, you know, he, he could very easily be a, a direct descendant of Ishmael, in my opinion, um, and so I, I can't see any reason to try to discredit that or right. try to prove it either way, because as we've seen, we're not only talking about a physical descendant, but really the most important part, which is the spiritual descendant. Uh, descendant, the uh, the belief in Islam that the Quran is the correct interpretation of God's word, and any time the Bible uh, contradicts the Quran, the Quran is correct, and the Bible has been distorted by Christians and Jews. So it's almost like a credibility thing. Yeah. he gives himself credibility by
0: claiming to be that descendant. Then,
1: yeah, that's a great point. Uh, I, I do hmm. believe it's you know both. Jews, well, I mean, Christianity as well, in a sense. Abraham is the father uh, that everyone looks to as the example of faith. Uh, Jews, Christians, and Muslims, Abraham yeah, is yeah. the father. And so the closer I am to the father, the more credibility I have. So, yeah, I great mean, point. especially
0: even that Jesus was a descendant of Abraham.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So,
0: yeah. I mean, I mean, look, look at that. Direct parallel and contradiction between the Quran it immediately, immediately kind of trumps the Christian religion by saying that you know Jesus and or, and uh, I guess Muhammad would be brothers then mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, <laughs> physically. But you know Paul says that we are all Abraham's offspring by faith. So we're going to take a break and we will come back and continue this discussion.
0: You've been listening to Minding the Truth with Ray Sturdivant. If you have questions or comments for us, you can email us at ray at Also, we'd like to ask that you take a minute and prayerfully consider supporting this ministry. And if God has prompted you to do so, just go to MindingTheTruth.com and click donate. Thanks again for listening. Now back to Ray.
1: Well, welcome back. Uh, any other thoughts?
2: Yeah, I was thinking, Ray, when you were talking about how Muhammad you know, claims to be a descendant from es- Esau and Ishmael, and how the Bible kind of indicates, at least spiritually, he could be. Are there any other parallels, maybe even towards end times, uh, that Scripture and some of the teachings of Islam could be?
1: You know, there's a very interesting passage, and this, this kind of shows the... Uh, Just some of the parallels and the opposite way of thinking. Mm. Uh, One of my favorites is in Revelation 6, and this is as the uh, seven seals are Mm -hmm. opened. And we start in verse 1. And I saw when the Lamb broke one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying as with a voice of thunder, Come. And I looked, and behold, a white horse, And he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him. And he went out conquering and to conquer. You know, in Christianity, for the most part, uh, a lot of people view that as the Antichrist. Hmm. The Antichrist is a false Christ riding on a white horse. So he's an anti-false Christ going forth to conquer. Well, Islam views this passage as representing the Mahdi their end times figure that's the unifier. You know, he's the one that brings uh, prominence to Islam and world dominance. So it's it's fascinating. That's a very telling parallel to me. You know, just some other passages that talk about, in Revelation, the martyrs that come out of the tribulation Mm -hmm. have been beheaded. I mean, who beheads today? Definitely the Muslims. Islam. Um, And... You know, some of the passages that we studied as far as listing the nations that are going to go, going to, uh, go against Israel in the end today are all Muslim. So there's just, uh, it's very interesting, and you know, some of the other parallels, they believe that Jesus, they call him Isa uh, el Messiah, is going to come back and really scold all of the Christians for claiming him to be God. He's going to say, I never claimed to be God. That's blasphemous to Allah, and Muhammad had it right. He's the last great prophet. You guys got it wrong, and he's going to go about persecuting uh, Christians and Jews and pointing everyone to the, to the Mahdi as the unifier both politically and religiously to bring Islam into world prominence. You know, it's interesting that all of the, the fact that the Mahdi will be the unifier because there are two sects, main divisions of Islam, Sunni and Shia, right. but they both unify over the Mahdi. It's very <laughs> interesting. You know, the Mahdi and uh, two different views. The Sunnis believe the Mahdi will be just the most qualified leader in the last days. Sunnis believe that he's a direct descendant of Muhammad, and that he is actually a 12th imam that went into hiding in 869 A.D. at five years old, and that he will come out of hiding in the last days and lead Islam as the Mahdi uh, into a world dominance. And if you've heard Ahmadinejad, the leader of Iran, sometimes in his speeches talk about the 12th imam, that's who he's talking about. And... The beliefs of the Shia is that they have to create chaos, this war between the Jews and the between the Jews and the Muslims, uh, and even the Christians, and they've got to get this chaos started before the Mahdi is going to come out of hiding, the Twelfth Imam. Why do you think
0: people still deny that, even though that they say that?
1: I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, he says it. Uh, you've for what you,
0: reason do we have do we have in this nation to doubt that he's not serious? I don't
1: know. It's um, I, I don't know if we just excuse him as a madman, or we don't want to deal with it. I think a lot of it is fear based. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think we want to deal with the reality of what they actually believe.
2: Yeah, I mean, he said it in front of the UN. Yeah, I mean, the entire council. I mean, he's up there talking about the twelfth Imam.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of people don't know what the 12th imam is, is part of it. Uh, I'm not sure that, you know, they really... They s- think it's his tailor that <laughs> <laughs> makes his suits. Yes. Well, yes.
2: should we be looking for, you know, some kind of Mahdi to come out of hiding?
1: Well, you know, there's no guarantee. You know, it's it's not Bible, so. Nah, I mean, you know, when I first started studying this, I went, wow, the Mahdi, you know, parallels with the Antichrist and must be the Mahdi. You know, there's nothing in scripture that we can dogmatically say that who Islam believes is the Mahdi is going to be the Antichrist. But certainly has enough parallels that ought to raise our attention if, you know, this Imam uh, comes into prominence. And it's more likely because there are. I think eighty percent don't quote me on these exact numbers, mm. but it's you know something like eighty percent of Muslims are Sunnis, so I'm assuming that the Mahdi is going to be the most qualified, and whether the Shia will recognize right. a typical you know, right rise to power from yeah, that, yeah 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 you know, and whether and if we believe if we believe, which i i don't I don't uh, take a hard stand on this let's just say, what if the Mahdi is the Antichrist according to Scripture? It's going to be a very messy uh, grab for power. Mm. If you know whoever the Antichrist is, it is a very—it's very much real world. He is conquering kings. It's messy. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of conflict.
2: I mean, do you see any anything like maybe the Muslim Brotherhood today kind of leading to that at all? Or?
1: I I think it's uh, when I did this study, I could not figure out how. Islam was ever going to unite with all of these corrupt dictators in place. You know, one Arab spring, and I see uh, very easily how this could happen quickly. And certainly the Muslim Brotherhood could be the catalyst for uniting Islam and bringing some kind of ruler, end times ruler, into power. Uh, you talked about the Mahdi and Issa Amasi. Mm-hmm. What about the Dajjal? I mean, the Dajjal is uh, not universally um, believed in by Islam as far as I understand, oh, okay. but he is kind of their version of an Antichrist. He's like a false prophet. He goes around spreading lies, and it's just their, their version of a false prophet. And, uh, but he is an end times figure recognized by certain portions of Islam. But most of, most of Islam believes in Issa, al Messiah, which mm-hmm. is they believe Jesus is going to return. And they believe in a Mahdi is going to unite Islam, uh, both in a—it's the uniting of the government and the religion into one entity and one power base that the Mahdi is going to rule. Well, that's all the time that we have for this segment. We look forward to continuing our study next time. I'm Ray Sturdivant, Mining the Truth.
0: Thanks for listening to Mining the Truth with Ray Sturdivant. If you have questions or comments for us, email us right here at ray at miningthetruth.com. We welcome your comments and hope you'll join us next time for more of End Time Prophecies.